0: We shouldn't be too long today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. I thank you that your word does not return void or empty, but it accomplishes that thing that it is sent to do in our lives. Help us to be open and receptive to your word, and we thank you for your anointing within and your anointing upon. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm pretty sure probably when they said we'd be teaching on men and women that everybody thought we'd teach how to just have these sweet, nice little marriages. (laughs) But I think it's more complicated than that. And if you open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. This is written to the church... The New Testament church, and he's instructing us to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I challenge anybody to come and bring me scriptures where it tells us that we need to be weak, wimpy, sappy, religious cowards. Now, it tells us we need to be kind and we need to be gentle, but it takes some strength sometimes to be kind and to be gentle. But the word of God instructs the church – The New Testament church to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And so many through the generations, the church women especially, have tried to raise their children and make their men be religious little weak wussies. And it's what's made the church weak and it's what's made America weak. And we need to get strong. And I don't mean you got to go around boxing people's ears, but we need to be strong in the Lord. And so if he's telling us in the church to be strong, then we need to re- raise our children to be strong, and they need to be resilient, because if they aren't, they're never going to grow up and to be the church that God wants us to be, and he wants us to be strong. And we have a mentality in the United States uh, A retirement mentality that you work all your life and retire. Well, it's all right to retire from your job, but we can never retire spiritually. And what happens, I see so many times, is people retire and then they just retire on everything and they get weak. We need to stay strong. You can't retire on spiritual things. You have to stay strong all the way. So with that in mind, let's turn to Luke chapter 2. We've been talking about the characteristics of raising your children, things that we need to put into our children. And you say, well, I don't have kids. My kids are grown. Well, if he expects us to raise our children to be this way, then we need to be this way. And we can apply these things in our own lives personally. But there's six characteristics we're talking about of raising our children scripturally. And the reason that we're talking about that is because it's women's meetings, and we talked at the very beginning, it's the men really are the purpose for men in the home and the family is to be the protectors and the providers, and the mothers need to be the nurturers and the trainers, but it goes both ways. I know today Mike is talking to the men about being nurturers, and I'm talking to the women about being strong and the protectors and the providers. So, you know, we're all one in Christ and we all have a job to do, but we need to train our children to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We've talked oh, to this point about some, we're talking about six scriptural goals. We've been over four. I want to just re, uh, go over those real quickly. One of the problems, I think, is people over-spiritualize things. We have trouble understanding the Bible sometimes because we try to be so spiritual about it. Really, God is just very common sense. He wrote the book, and we don't want to over-spiritualize things. So the number one spiritual goal for raising children, and this is from the time they're very young, is we want them to grow and increase in stature. They need to grow physically. They need to grow mentally. Same applies for us. We need to be strong physically. We need to be strong mentally. We need to, the children to develop physical and mental strength. Really, to do that, we need to be strong physically and mentally. That include, would include things, just real simple things about good nutrition. I, you know, I just can't get over. I cannot believe. I'm sorry, I'm opinionated, if you don't how we have to feed children breakfasts at the schools anymore. and thank God somebody does if they're hungry, but where, where's the parents in all this? How expensive is a bowl of rice krispies? My God, get out there and do something. It is your responsibility. If you're going to have kids, raise them. Invest yourself into them. You know how expensive is a tattoo? If you can afford a tattoo, you can afford a bowl of Rice Krispies for your kids. If you can afford a pack of cigarettes, you can afford a banana for your kids. Put the kids first. My gosh, I can't I can't comprehend parents that would just I would be out picking up cans out of the ditch and selling them before I would let somebody else raise my kids because If they're going to raise the kids, they have influence, and I want to be the influence of my kid's life. And we need to have that mentality. So good nutrition is important, and it is the responsibility of the parents. Training, and I understand, listen, I understand there is always an exception. There is always a hard case. I'm not saying that. But as a general rule, step up to the plate and fulfill your responsibilities if at all possible. Okay, the next thing is to develop kids that are physically and mentally strong, not only good nutrition, but they need to be trained to be obedient, to have proper behavior, to be able to trust. So many kids are growing up today, they they don't understand trust because they've never been able to trust their parents. They trust the school system more because they're the ones feeding them breakfast. Okay, we need our kids to be able to trust us. We need to be a point where we give them some stability and to develop self-control. So they need to be trained in obedience, proper behavior, trust and self-control. And we have a generation of people that think, well, well, we can't teach our kids, you know, correct our kids because we need to develop their self-esteem. Nothing is going to Destroy their self esteem more than if they get into a social setting and they can't don't know how to behave and then everybody's going to make fun of them and they wonder why it's because they don't know how to behave in in around other people so they need to be trained that's that's a simple thing but you got to learn how to behave around other people and I it isn't just this generation when I was growing up you know we grew up in a little town had 15 kids in my class we had to be pretty all inclusive, because if you were pretty exclusive, there was nobody to hang out with. So you had to be pretty all inclusive. Well, we had this family and they were really poor, and I don't know the whole situation. But the one of the younger the youngest boy was in my class, and he just wasn't good in the classroom. He just didn't do well academically. But he was actually a pretty good athlete. He's a pretty good basketball player. So of course everybody accepted him because of that. But as we grew older, there were always problems, and everybody was pretty self-accepting, but he wouldn't bathe. I mean, it was terrible. It was they, the, the whole idea was let him play basketball, and then we'll make all the kids take a shower after practice. He, he quit the basketball team because he had to take a shower. And it was so bad that the girls that had to sit beside him would wear perfume on her wrist and sit like this because she couldn't stand. It was bad. And then he wonders why people don't want to hang out with him. I mean, it's it's simple. We don't train our kids to behave properly in public or around other kids, and then we can't figure out why they don't fit in. They need some, some training. They need opportunity. So many times real strict Christians will just – try to overprotect their kids and isolate them from anything. We need to train them how to go into situations and deal with them. That doesn't mean you put them in horrible situations, but we need they need to learn to function socially and with other people and in public. They need to learn not how to just sit in a closet, but they've got to learn how to get out and function in society. That's what God wants us to do. I had a friend at Oral Roberts University, and she was from California. Her dad was an accountant. They were from the Pebble Beach. That is the rich of the rich area, and he was the accountant there. So they were the rich of the rich. And her mom, I think, was an alcoholic, and then she got born again. She got saved. So she was from over here really worldly, to getting saved and then she became so strict and so afraid of the world that she would take her three daughters and just lock them in the closets all day and this girl grew up and she got away from that she came to ORU there were a lot of scars in her life i she was my best friend i really loved her but there were some real issues because she got locked. I mean, literally. And we don't see that as much around here, but it's it's out there. There's if you live in ever live in Oklahoma, Oklahoma, you know that's the Bible Belt. That's Oral Roberts University in Rayma. But there are sections of that old line Pentecostal where they just really are very oppressive on their children. And and thank God it's not that way around here. But we don't want to allow that we want to take the take the make the effort to train your kids and raise them up to be functional and I I was reading something this week and the guy said you know it's very easy to try to control your kids and make them religious and teach them the catechisms and and all that and there's nothing wrong with learning you know your books of the bible and stuff like that but he said it's much more it's more difficult it's harder to train children to be strong in the lord and the power of their might it's to have a relationship with god because you can't control that and you can't force that it's something you have to live and you have to lead and you know, so so it t- it's going to take effort. That's what I'm saying. It's going to take effort. But my gosh, what is more important in your life? What is more important in your life? You want to see your kids to grow up and be, you know, functional and happy and satisfied and fulfilled. We need to do those things. So we want n- good nutrition. We want training, obedience. They need to develop physical and mental skills. And that's, you know... Today you see, and they get a lot of complaints and a lot about it, but Caleb even complains about Micah. He says he just sits in front of his his screen all day, and he really doesn't, but he does more than Caleb did six years prior. And this younger, you can't develop skills sitting in front of a screen all day. Kids need to develop skills, very basic skills. And we, I talked about this... With, Before They need to learn how to swim. They need to learn how to raise plants. They need to learn how to shoot a bow and arrow. They need to learn how to put a worm on a hook. They need to learn these things. Our neighbor boys, we had trouble with when the boys, our boys were little, had neighbor boys, and the parents were divorced, and it was a stepdad. But they never taught them anything. And the boys would go down behind our house and fish. And these boys would go down, and we kind of helped him show them show how to put a hook on a line because they didn't know. And I, I left them down there, and we went back, and they'd caught the one neighbor boy, caught a little bullhead like this. And he took it, and he just I walk, and he just smacked it on the ground. And I, "Why are you being so cool? What the heck?" he didn't know how to take it off a hook. Nobody had ever showed the kid how to take a fish off the hook. And we don't think about those things. You know, years ago, I, I, was, I like reading history, and they talked about in the days, like of George Washington and all of them, they would take the girls, and they would teach them to raise gardens and plants, not just because they wanted them to, but because it taught them how to nurture, how to be patient, how to, you know, weed and water and do all those things. And we've, sometimes we just live in such an automatic society. We forget to put those things into our kids' lives. And they need those things. Because if we go on to the next one where it talks about being strong in the spirit, inner strength is built while developing physical skills. Gardening develops patience and long-suffering. Fishing, I was, I like baseball. The College World Series is on. And they were talking about Oregon State, who's looking really good, and th- how they work with their players, especially their pitchers, to be able to focus. And I know John Cook for the Nebraska volleyball team teaches them to meditate. And you think, oh, that's, to meditate. Well, Tom Osborne is into meditation because not weird meditation, but he's had to learn how to r- relax and focus, because he would get he was having heart problems because he was so stressed all the time. So he taught John Cook how to meditate and relax, and John Cook has taught the the players, and then when they get into that national championship, and the pressure is intense they now have the skill to help themselves to relax. Well, Oregon State does the same thing, but they said that the coach has trouble getting these boys, they're boys, they're young, 20, to get them sit still long enough to meditate, to relax. So he has found the best method is there's a fishing pond close to the college, and he takes them fishing, and he sits them out in a boat and keeps their phones away and visits with them and makes them sit and learn to relax and read focus and to take control over their physical energies. And, you know, so developing physical skills, we need to develop some of those inward skills to to develop a strong spirit. And our children need to learn those things. Um, there's so many different things. You know, and we talked about your kid doesn't have to be a skateboarder, but when they skateboard, they learn the ability of if I fall, I shall arise (laughs) because they're going to fall down a lot of times. Experiences that produce physical competency are incubators for developing strong human spirits. So we want them to have physical competency, girls as well as boys. It doesn't have to be sports. It doesn't have to be football. It can be dance, dance, you know. It can be softball. It can be gardening. It can be any number of things. But it's important that we develop the physical skills and competencies because they affect us here. And I think that's one of the problems. We see kids today, they just haven't been trained to do anything because parents aren't investing into them like they should. Once you grow in wisdom and stature, or once you grow in physical stature and mental ability and strength and spirit, then the wisdom comes. And we all need wisdom. In James it says, if you need wisdom, ask God, and he will give give you wisdom. And we all need wisdom and it talks about in Luke, if you open your Bibles to Luke, this has been our key scriptures, Luke 2.40. Let me read you Luke 1.80. And this is talking about John the Baptist. And it says, so the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of the manifestation to Israel. And then in Luke 2.40, And this is about Jesus. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. That's what we're talking about. What would Jesus do? Well, he grew and became strong in spirit. And then he was filled with wisdom. So it's a progressive thing. If you understand God, everything's progressive. Everything is line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, you start with the physical man. Then you build The mental man, then the spirit man starts to come into being. The child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. If you are not strong in spirit, you will have difficulty becoming wise because you will not be able to stand against all the wiles of the enemy or against all the fools and foolishness of the world. So we need our children then to become wise. If they're in social situations and they have a problem, how do they deal with it? How do you help them to deal with it? And and we need to go through those things. And you can't be over... Sometimes they just need to learn in little things. You know, let them learn in things that aren't life and death situations. Let them learn it out. Let them duke it out a little bit if they have to. You know, let them shove each other around. It ain't going to kill them. I mean, we. Had, I grew up... the Before I was five, the neighborhood kid was my age and his mom was a bully and so he was a bully she would just scream at him i can remember and he was a bully so the other neighborhood kid and i would just hang out and smack him once in a while and it never killed either of us we became good friends as we grew older and i'm not promoting violence and toxic masculinity that's stupid but i mean you have that's where they start and it doesn't help It doesn't hurt them to learn to defend themselves. Kenneth Hagen, you know, the Kenneth Hagen, old wise spiritual man was a sickly child and kids picked on him. He told this story over and over. And he was always getting picked on and he decided one day he'd had enough. And he got a brick. And when school was out, he went and stood behind a hedge. And when the kid that was picking on him came down the street, he reached out with the brick and socked him. (laughs) Oh, that's that's. T- you have to learn to defend yourself. We've become a country that is afraid to defend ourselves. We think it's terrible to defend our borders. I was reading that. You know that story. Um, that movie where that little boy out west died, and then he came back to life. Heaven can wait. There was a movie. If you read that story, he talks about in there. His mom says, oh, you probably didn't like heaven because they didn't have swords and stuff because the little boy liked playing with swords. He says, oh, no, they had swords. The angels had swords. They are still defending heaven from Satan. He is defeated on the earth, but they still will not let ungodliness into heaven. They will defend their borders. And, you know, And it just, that's what I mean. We've become such a weak society because we think we have to lay down and cower down to everybody, and we don't. And your children shouldn't have to. They should be able to take care of themselves and defend themselves. If you are not strong in spirit, you will have difficulty becoming wise because you will not be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. Now, I don't mean to make them grow up and be mean, but I'm telling you, Some of the most gentle, kind men in the world are the ones that are strong. You know, my dad went through World War II. He saw the atrocities, and it made him gentle. He would defend our family. He would defend, but he saw how the atrocities, and it made him become gentle. He did not want that in our lives. And so he would defend us against all the wiles of the enemy, and he wasn't even born again. Okay, Luke 2.52, it says, And Jesus then increased in wisdom and stature. So wisdom isn't going to, your kids are going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. I make mistakes every day. Wisdom is a process. You will increase, if Jesus had to increase in wisdom, we have to increase in wisdom. And our children have to increase in wisdom. And you increase in wisdom through practical experience and applying the word of God. The two, those two things together. You can have all the practical experiences in the world, but, but you need the word of God. What does the word of God say? And we need to apply those in our lives. It is a step-by-step process from life's experiences coupled with applying the word of God. Many Christians try to shield their children from any of life's experiences. And, and we need life's experiences, but we can't be neglect at teaching them how to apply the word of God to that. Luke 2.40 says, When the child Jesus grew in stature, he then became strong in spirit and was filled with wisdom. And then it goes on and it says, and then the grace of God was upon him. So if we want our children to have wisdom and the grace of God upon them, then we need to do this step-by-step process. Grace is the provision of God to help in time of need. I speak grace over my kids every day. Oh, Father God, I thank you that your grace is sufficient for Caleb and Micah because they need it, Father God. They need your mercy new every morning. They need your grace every day, and so do I. Grace is the provision of God to help in time of need. Grace is favor accompanied with provision. Grace is from God. Children of believers are sanctified and set apart because of believing parents. Grace comes through through being born again, we look at salvation as just a door to heaven. I'm going to get born again because then when I die, I'm going to heaven. Salvation is so much more than just going to heaven. Salvation is for us today. It empowers us with the living God on the inside of us and the grace of God upon us. We should want that in our lives. I cannot imagine not wanting that in my life. Children of believers are sanctified and set apart because of believing parents, but they need to be trained to walk in that grace. Now you say, well, my parents weren't believers, so I don't have grace. If your parents weren't believers, you tap into the grace of God from salvation and from seeking after God and from obedience to his word. Even if your parents weren't believers or are believers and you step outside of that grace, the grace will lift. We need to seek after God. We need to be obedient to his word. But then we can believe that God's grace will be sufficient for us. So in Luke 2.40, it says, And Jesus grew, became strong in the spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. It is a process. Grow strong physically, mentally, become strong in spirit, Begin to be filled with wisdom and then the grace of God is upon us. And it says in Luke 2.52, it says in Jesus, increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. So we talked about last time. uh, Today we're going to talk about favor with God. It says in Jesus, increased in wisdom, stature and in favor with God. What is favor with God? Well, Favor, as a noun, means approval, support, or liking for someone or something. It means an act of kindness beyond what is due or usual. As a verb, favor means to feel or show approval or preference for, to give someone something they request I want favor with God. And you say, well, God loves everybody. Yes, God loves everybody, but he favors certain people. You know, y- there's a tendency. We, we ha- we're called to love everyone, but don't you just like certain people more? They just have favor with you more. Well, we can have that favor. I remember that these CDs are by Jerry Savell. Years ago, we heard Jerry Savell preach a message, and it was on favor. And he says, you know, you ask somebody, hey, your neighbor, hey, could you do me a favor? He said, did you ever think, God, could you do me a favor? God will do you a favor. You can have favor. That's what it means to have favor with God. God, I need a favor. I need help here in this situation. Can you do me a favor? I want favor with God. I want my kids to have favor with God. I want. You should want your children and your grandchildren to have favor with God. It means to be pleased with, favorable towards, and pleasing to God. How do we receive favor with God? Well, number one, we talked about it with grace. It is passed, favor is passed from generation to generation. That's why it's important for us to seek after God. Because what I do is going to affect not only my kids, but my kids' kids. You know, I grew up, you know, I talked about a couple times ago what a brat I was growing up because I was just full of energy and I was ornery and I was always into stuff and making things happen. But in the little town of Monroe, I always felt like everybody was for me. They, 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 They probably tolerated some things that they wouldn't have tolerated other people because... My great-grandparents grew up in the sod houses. Their families were founders of Monroe. And my great-grandparents were there, and my grandparents were there, and my parents were there. And favor passed from generation. They tolerated some things in my life because of my great-grandma. It's just that simple. They just put up with me. I had this school teacher. My mom worked for years at the little grocery store in town. And, of course, my mom was diligent, and she was just kind and good, and they liked her. And then the guy that ran the grocery store, his wife was a teacher, and she was my school teacher from third grade through sixth grade. And she was credited with being quite strict or mean. And she didn't put up with much, but she put up with a lot with me. And I know it was because I had favor that passed from my mom. And because this little bully boy I talked about, well, as we grew, he continued to be a bully boy. And he grew big. He's a big kid. And he would always pick on me and just provoke me. And one day at recess, we didn't have supervised recesses. We, were learned, we learned to duke it out on oursel- by ourselves. He was just harassing me, and I'd had it. And I just hauled off and whacked this kid, smacked him right up alongside the face so hard that he had five finger welts on the side of his head and of course, he thought I got you now, and he goes running into Mrs. Schreiber and says, "Mrs. Schreiber, Kathy." Just, and she says, "I bet you deserved it too." <laughs> <laughs> he did deserve it, but I had favor that had passed from generation to generation. She put up with some things. She was probably really glad I did it, but because it kind of he he just was that way. He needed it now and then. Okay, so. Mm -hmm. generation pass it passes from generation to generation so what you do is going to affect the generations after you and so we need to think about that you know how what am i well my family is messed up my kids are messed up My, yeah but just be faithful because if you're faithful what you do is going to affect them. Maybe not today, maybe you don't see it today, but it will affect them in the future. You know, we talk about on this in the CD on the second one, Jerry Seville talks about sowing and reaping, and he's talking financially. But what you sow, it talks about in Galatians, be not deceived, what you sow, you will reap. So if you sow good things, It's going to come back to you in generations to come. And we we tend to be very short-sighted. We think about today. God has done some things for me. Forty years ago, I couldn't figure out, and I'm just seeing what he was doing back then. It took 40 years for some of these things to play out. It took 25 years for some other things to play out. God has it figured out. And if we, if we just don't get so short-sighted, it'll come out. So just be consistent and be faithful. In Genesis, for the sake of time, I'm not going to go there, but you can look these up. In Genesis 18.3, in Genesis 18.19, in Genesis 21.22, this is all the story of Abraham and how Abraham pleased God. It talks about how he was a friend of God. God loved Abraham because Abraham loved God. And Abraham loved God because God loved Abraham. And so Abraham had favor with God. It talks about it all through there. You can read that on your own. And it talks about in one verse, one of the reasons that Abraham had favor with God was because he was a good child trainer. God knew him that he was going to take what he had in his relationship with God and pass it down to his sons. And and first of all, Abraham goes, "Father, Father God, I've done this. I've served you. What is the one thing I need? I want a son. And God gave him a son. But God knew that Abraham was going to take the time to train his children, and he did that. And that was he received favor from God, Because he invested in the next generation. So we need to make sure that we do that. Be a child trainer and pass your blessings on to the next generation. It talks about in... uh, So we receive favor from being passed down from generation to generation. God expects us to train the next generation, the children... He we, we will receive favor from that, and then that is passed down. Because as you c- commit these things into their life, then they will be blessed. And then in Psalm 37, 4, 5, it says, commit your way to the Lord. Let's look at that quickly. Psalm, or I'll read it to you if you don't want to look there. Psalm 37, verse 45, or I'm sorry, 37 verses 4 and 5. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he shall bring it to pass. So it's important that we commit our ways to the Lord, not just for our own sake, but for those around us, for those in our family, for the generations after us, we need to commit ourselves to the Lord. If you obey God, if you live by faith, If you commit yourself, your time, your resources, and your children to God, when the time comes, God will favor them for your sake. Well, what about my kid? They're far off, and God will favor them for your sake. God can do things without you seeing what's going on. In the book of Daniel, it talks about, and here I'm not going to read this either. You can read the book of Daniel for yourself. God favored Daniel. You all know the story of Daniel. Daniel was firm to follow after God and be obedient to God. And it goes through the scriptures and it talks about three things that God did for Daniel because he favored Daniel. Number one was he answered his prayer. When Daniel went to God in prayer, God answered that prayer. Number 2 he gave him understanding it said Daniel had understanding of the times he understood what was going on and when you understand what's going on it's easier to function if i can if somebody's doing something that aggravates me if i understand why what's causing them to be like that it helps me to be patient just give me understanding god why Is this neighbor being, why is that kid beating that fish? It's because he doesn't know anything else. Then I have understanding and I have patience. So God will give us understanding if we seek after him. And it will give us personal, uh, uh, favor with God will give us personal inner strength. There are things, there are situations, and I think, why God, Why? can can you hold on anymore what can i make it through this but if you understand god and if you understand that god is for you it gives you a tenacity a personal inner strength that you can can continue on and the word of god will do that so it's important that we develop these things in our lives all these things that we want developed in our children's lives, first, we need to develop in our lives. We need to be strong physically. We need to be strong mentally. And say, Well, I never have been. Well, you can be. It, it's by the grace of God. And we want wisdom, and we want grace of all times in creation that you need wisdom, you need grace, and you need strength. It's today. Michael went down last night to the College World Series, he and a couple friends. And they've been saying you can't get in without a. You have if you take anything in, it has to be in a clear bag. And he's been down before, and and he said they'll if you had a bag, they'd check in it. It was no big deal. But he was always interested because there's a lot of armed guards around. But last night he said, oh my, he had a pocket knife in his pocket, and he said, you couldn't even get in without going through metal detectors. He says I just tossed the the pocket knife before i got there and he said so you go through the metal detectors and they check you they made him take his cap off they checked his pockets he says and there's police everywhere but he says then up and he likes this this was cool he wanted to see this more than the baseball game up on the corners all around are the armed guards they have the full armor with all the extra clips of ammunition, the ARs, they are there to protect you. And he, of course, he likes that. That's fascinating to him. But we need to realize God will do that for us in the spiritual realm. We've got, who was I listening to? Somebody's talked about all, how we don't realize how many demons there are in the atmosphere around us. And they're always trying to affect us and, and get at us. But he said, you don't realize how many angels there are. They're big guys. They aren't going to mess around. We need to learn who we are in Christ because if we know who we are in Christ, we want our children to learn who they are in Christ. That they have authority in the name of Jesus. These are all things that we have available to us, but we have to seek after God to find that. But my gosh, you know, we live in a time and age, it's a sad thing where they have to do that. But if if we have to, if they have to be strong like that in places like that, we need to be strong in our daily lives we need to make sure that we have god first place in our life that we're following after him that we know how to hear from god and we want our children to develop those things too because they need to be strong in the lord because when they are then favor surrounds them if you go through the old testament all the ones that god favor abraham had an army david was a warrior. Daniel was strong in the Lord. Those were all people that God favored. He was able to do something with them because they were strong enough and confident enough to get out and do what he called them to do. And we need to be like that in our lives. That doesn't mean we're going to have to go out and fight a physical battle today, that we need to go downtown and punch somebody. I'm not... Now, don't get that wrong, but we need to be strong. We need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. We need to know the weapons of our warfare, where it talked about the scripture we started with. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You continue on in that. That tells you about the weapons of our warfare, the word of God, speaking the word of God, the shield of faith. We need to develop all those things, but they are developed in the natural first. Children, you know, that aren't strong physically are going to have trouble being strong spiritually. So we need to develop those step-by-step-by-step. And we need to do that in our life also. And you say, well, I'm not wise." It's a step-by-step process. I miss it. Yes, but you can repent. It's a step-by-step process. And you can't quit till the day you die. You know, we can't be quitters. She talks about this in the sea. You can't quit. We've got to stay strong. We are in a time and a season. We have to stay strong. We have to train our children to be strong. We have to take the time to invest in those younger generation. And, you know, well, my kids are grown. My God, I'd give anything if my folks were still alive and I could go ask them some things. We need to stay invested in our children as long as we live. That doesn't mean you have to follow them around and tell them everything they need to do, but pray for them daily. Speak grace over them, mercy over them. Invest yourself into them. We have we are a lazy society, and we can't be like that. We've got to step up to the plate, and we've got to be strong. So we have one more thing in this series next month, and I think we're going to do it July 22nd. So one more, and then we'll go on to something else, or we'll see where we go from there. So,